What are you, a freaking road map, Dale? Like, how do you know these things? I'm from Texas. No, you're from Texas too. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. No, I was born in Texas, but I'm from Arkansas. But I spent a lot of years in Central Texas too. So now I'm just confused. Everybody and welcome back to the show. This is the Jeremyless Game Bite Show. What should we call it? Should we call it something else? Game Bitesless. <laughs> uh, Jeremy's not with us today. Uh, I don't know where he's. Some, he's doing something. I don't know. Probably work. Related, is that, he's remembering the Alamo. Uh, yes. He's in San Antonio. Uh, anyway, I'm I'm Legrand and I'm joined with Dale. Hey, Dale. Hey, how's it going? And uh, Jared's uh, swooping in, taking Jeremy's slot today. That's right. Fine by me. Fil- filling the void. How are you, Jared? I am doing well. Yeah. Jared and I have played uh, an, a ridiculous amount of video games together over the past week. We, we have increased the amount of video games we have played together by like 2,000% just this yeah. week. Yeah, it's weird. That's a high amount of percents. It's like, it's, yeah, it's... It's like a thousand that. of them times two. <laughs> two thousand percent of zero is still zero. That's true. We have been playing games though. It is. It's true, and we're going to talk about some of them today. But any any other news around? Uh, Dale's wearing a nice sweater vest. Sweater vest. This yeah. It's it's very handsome. <laughs> you know, I I have a lot of these like kind of plain, long sleeve T-shirts, and I thought, you know, I can't really just wear a plain long sleeve T-shirt to work, but. If I class it up a little bit with a sweater vest, <laughs> I can do that. What if you uh, What if you just wore the sweater vest by itself? Would uh, that be appropriate? Guns are not allowed at work, so... <laughs> wow. Cool. Uh, what about you, Jared? Nothing? No, I'm wearing a t-shirt. Um, it's red. It's good. Uh, big news? <laughs> no, no big news. Uh, no news. Nothing over here either. Uh, the dog's still all right. I don't know. People may have known that I have a dog. I have a dog now. Oh, yeah. What's the and dog's name? The dog's name is Princess Valentine. Wow. that's what the kids started calling it. Princess Valentine. Huh, okay. I like yeah. it. I like it. It's yeah. Good yeah. It's all right, except for I got to yell, Princess! <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> Princess, go out and pee! I would Stop call shitting her, on the floor! I would call her Valentine. You don't want to... <laughs> You don't want to go around yelling princess a lot. I know, that totally sucks. Yeah, Valentine, yeah that's what everyone's been doing. Maybe we should do that. I, I'd be too lazy. I'd just call it Val. Yeah. The thing is, is you have to like choose a something, because the, the dog has to learn a name. And right. true. Because it's a puppy. It's only uh, two months old now at this point. Anyway, but let's get into the show. We've played some video games. Uh, we're going to have Dale start. Cause, oh, gosh. I don't know. Because Jared and I have the same some of the same things to talk about. Oh, gosh. But Dale's... Dale's got some interesting games, I'm sure. Yeah, um, so, you know what, what, what do you guys want to hear about? Because I've played a little bit of uh, Yakuza 3, a little bit of, well, a little bit more of XCOM, Enemy Unknown, and I have relapsed into some Final Fantasy XI as well. Are you, so. are you playing XCOM on, like, a tablet or just PC? 
No, what am I, Jeremy over here? What are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> well, I don't know. I thought maybe you're using Move or something. No, you're not playing it on the on the 3ds. Sega Activator? No, no, no. No, I'm playing it on the <laughs> X- on the PC, the board game. like a civilized person. Uh-huh. Uh, although you know what I did decide to do this time is because I I knew that it, it works with a control pad, but I had never tried it with a control pad. Uh, I'm actually doing that this time with the, the 360 pad I have here, and you know what? It's really good with a control pad. I think it might actually right. be. I think it might actually be better, not because yeah, of office just... equipment or anything like that, but just just because that game was clearly designed with a console in mind, right? Well, it was. Yeah, it was built from the ground up for consoles. Right? Yeah, yeah, and it, it actually it does work really well. In fact, one thing that would drive me crazy before when I tried to play this game uh, was uh, when you go to like throw a grenade or shoot a rocket launcher. You you kind of go into like a little sub mode for aiming. And mm-hmm. if you try to do that with a mouse, it's just it, it just seems to freak out. Um, and uh, yeah, because with the analog stick, you're actually just kind of moving the cursor, and with the yeah. mouse, it's kind of the pointer, right? Yeah, and it's it seems the other thing that kind of gets hung up on is um, on those levels where you have kind of like multiple uh, stories, like buildings with two or three stories, or like a roof level, or you know some height elevation. Uh, when you go to choose the square or the, the grid or whatever space that your guy's going to move to, um, it's with the mouse, it can be difficult to kind of differentiate or make sure that you're on the right layer as it goes. But with the, with the controller, the D-pad up and down just cycle you right through every single layer of elevation, even if there's nothing on that layer in that level or in that spot on that level, you know, just, and it, it, I find it just makes it easier to to deal with in a, in a number of situations. And actually my favorite thing about using a console on XCOM or using a controller rather with on XCOM is um, that Overwatch is always on the Y button on the, the 360 pad. Whereas if you play with a keyboard, sometimes Overwatch moves around, you know, like sometimes it's the second ability. Sometimes it's the third ability. Sometimes it's the fourth ability. Um, but it's actually always consistent on the controller, which is interesting because, I mean, that's one of your most used abilities anyway, right? Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so XCOM Enemy Unknown is... I've tried a few times in the past to, like, really get into it. And uh, I think because I insist on playing Iron Man, and I don't recall exactly, but I think I put it on classic difficulty as well. It's it's a pretty rough game, right? Um and so I'm at the point in this game right now where I've been playing this this one campaign for probably, I don't know, 10 hours or more. And I'm at wow. the point where you need to infiltrate an alien base that you found on the ground. Uh, so I think that's it's about the like last a, mission I played. I think, I think that's the last one I played, too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it might be the last one I play because I've tried. It's not easy. That level is not easy. I get to the end. <laughs> Uh, and there's a there's a like a special sectoid that can mind control your guys, and I have yet to get to him with more than like two guys. And so if you get there with just one guy, you're mind controlling and it's game over, right? It's they don't even uh-huh. you don't even get another turn. If you get there with two guys, one gets mind controls and then just like immediately crits the other one to death. Like I don't know, no exceptions apparently. Um, I've yet to get there with more than two guys. Uh, I think I've had six full squad wipes permadeath uh, on this mission so it's getting a little bit ridiculous um so what do you do when you run out of guys you just lose i don't run out of guys because i'm because they die so much i'm always replenishing <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm always hiring new recruits 
and is there is there like a fail state where you can like not have any money or not have yeah. any whatever? I, yeah, you're kind of you kind of go into a desperado because when you get to these harder missions, you need your characters to be leveled up and specialized. Yeah. And then as they keep dying, you lose that. And so you end up with all recruits and it yep. really like it really gets sort of impossible to, to win. If you so like. that's kind of where I'm getting now. So I've, I have Sounds in the like past, fun. what I have been doing is like losing a bunch of guys and then deciding that I would um, advance time the old fashioned way and, and not do this mission, but do other missions in order to like get parts to advance the tech um get some levels in my squad mates so that they can get some special abilities and things but the other fail state for this game is that if panic rises high enough in a level or in a level in a country and then you get to the end of a, of a monthly cycle with a country at like max panic they will leave the XCOM initiative and if um i think it's eight countries bail out of the XCOM project it's game over for you. So uh, right now I'm at four countries have bailed out, but <laughs> all of them bailed out before I had researched enough satellite technology because the satellites help you to lower panic, right? So since I kind of caught up with satellite tech, yeah, I haven't really had cable any. TV. Is that what that does? It's just, you know, like, it, helps oh, you, okay. it helps you locate the UFOs and then go shoot them down. But now it's getting to the point where the UFOs are too advanced for my fighters so my interceptors, I scramble, and they can't shoot them down in time sometimes. And so that just makes it even worse. So, I, yeah, I think Jared's right. I, I, may be, I may be entering a death spiral for this, yeah. for this campaign. And, but and, and it's, kind, it's kind of a bummer because you, you, you get so far, and then you realize you're never going to win. And your yeah. only option is to restart, basically, and be better. Basically, yeah. I'm, I think I, I'm going to stick with it just until the bitter end here because I... Uh, I, I figure if I'm hitting this now, I'm still not good enough. So practice makes perfect, right? So, huh? There's that. Yeah, that that's not something I would do. If that was me in your situation, I'd be like, "Well, time to shelve this game forever." Um, well, see, I've I've been like, through I, this. I can't handle that kind of that kind of. It would seem to me like a waste of time if I knew I was just done. You know? Well, yeah, that's the thing. I don't know for sure yet, but I mean, it's, it is highly possible, but this is the third full, uh, Iron Man campaign that I've, I've run and the other two have ended badly, of course. Um, but this is the first, this is the farthest I've gotten so far. So I want to just in case, you know, the next time I try it, uh, cause it's not like I'm not getting anywhere near close to beating the level. It's just, like the two times I've gotten to the end when I should have, I think, been able to pull it out, like just stupid roll of the dice basically kind of takes over. Um, hmm. Anyway, that. And um, I mentioned a little bit of Yakuza 3. I don't want to talk too much about that right now because I haven't played a whole lot of it yet. But um, I bought that, I got that a long time ago. Um, and it's the Japanese version because I thought I'd use it to, to bone up on my Japanese, right? And so I'm kind of getting back around to that. And um, before when I'd try to play it, what I would do is like basically work at it with a dictionary in hand. And so it would take a really long time. And I'm saying, now I'm just saying kind of, you know, to, to heck with that. I'm just going to plow on through and if i only understand you know 75 percent of what's going on then i'll just live with it right i'll just pretend i'm a little kid in japan playing it <laughs> instead of a someone who doesn't know the language very well um 
but uh, that, and then, yeah, like I said, I, I also mentioned Final Fantasy XI. Um, I, I, I don't know what happened. Uh, I just decided that uh, it, it is the 15th anniversary of this game now, and it's been like 10 years since I was a subscriber, and I, I at one time I was very, very heavily into this game, so much that it was unhealthy, as a matter of fact. Um, and so... I don't know, but a side, kind of a side consequence of that is that I have a lot of like really kind of cool memories and things tied up in in the world of this game, and I kind of just wanted to go back and see it and play around with it a little bit. And I actually still have my character from back in the day, and uh, uh, it's weird now, like logging into to see in, to see the world here because like they've done some server consolidation and stuff like that, but it's still there. There's like just a fraction of a fraction of the people playing it these days, like. Uh, the other night, I, I did a search of the entire world, and it was like 300 people online. Whereas back when I was playing it, like you know, more than 10 years ago now, uh, I think the typical time would would have been at least 10 times that, you know, just on one one server, and that was before consolidation. So, anyway, um, I'll speak more about that later. I think at a later date, because I'm still kind of dipping my toes back into the water and uh, rediscovering how to how to play the game and a bunch of the stuff that's been added to it in the last decade to kind of modernize it in a, in a limited way. Yeah, that was the first MMO I kind of actually subscribed to. I oh, yeah? played it for like two months and then quit. Oh, wow. What did you, which, <laughs> which, uh, do you remember which nation you started in? Uh, was it, was it like the elves or the humans or the, the Tarutaru? Why don't you tell me the names of the cities? Windurst, Bastok, and Sandoria. 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 That was like the elf, middle medieval-looking elf kingdom place. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think that. I mean, that's. I so Windurst I, I, I could... is like the it's like the mountain forest area with the little the little Tartaru like dwarf-looking small people. Nah, I don't think it was that. I, I remember I would remember the music. I love the music of the city. Was it a very um, like brassy, bagpipey sort of Dude, that was like 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah I'm sure. If, if if I if I heard it, I would recognize you it. Should... I, I would when I hear it from time to time, I'm like, "Oh, that's Final Fantasy 11." Like I recognize the music, but I couldn't sing you the tune, you know what I mean? You I should have the go soundtrack. play that I game. Could, for I could actually hours. play you. I could actually play you that song cuz I I do have the soundtrack. Um for the base game and like three of the expansions too. Oh wow! Yeah. Well, I guess we just found our intro music. There you go. Yeah. So whatever the music that, that I recognize from that game. <laughs> well, best of luck with your uh, adventures in Tamriel or whatever the place is called. Uh, Vanadil. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. Close enough. <laughs> All right, Jared. What's All up, right. man? Um, we'll go through this one real quick because the other two, I think we can combo. Uh, I've been playing a little bit of Diablo three. Oh man! All right, that's enough oh, discussion shit, of that. Man. No, did I they was, have the uh, Necromancer yet? I honestly have no idea. So I had gotten <laughs> about halfway through the original campaign, and like that's it, which you can imagine uh, means I did not play very much of it. But uh, I was going on a work trip and just needed something that I could kind of mindlessly uh, play on on my laptop, and I was like, ah. Oh, Diablo I should finish that so I reloaded it uh, played through beat the main campaign working nice. on the I guess the uh, expansion with um, like the Malthale. yeah that guy that guy so he's a uh, just kind of playing through that I, not really 
you know, I'm not huge. I'll probably play through the the both the campaigns, you know, finish up the expansion, then kind of probably be done with it, I would imagine. No, but no, the, no, no, no. That's when the game begins. I yeah. know, but I have so many other games that I can grind on. That no, Diablo now you only 3, have Diablo. Grinding on Diablo is pretty awesome. Yeah. It, it you're going to grind on any game. It's a game that you should probably <laughs> just grind it, on for like a month. It is Or play good. one season. Yeah, it is good for pretty mindless, just sort of like, I'm going to sit here and do this and not think about it or sort of watch TV on the side. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, so anyway, so I picked that up for, for that uh, work trip and just been kind of playing it off and on. Uh, but the other game we've been playing, we actually streamed some Rainbow Six Siege, which is now firmly in season two. Every time Jared comes on this podcast, uh, he talks about Rainbow Six. <laughs> it's about Six. Rainbow Six. <laughs> the game is super good, y'all. It is. It we is. actually won. We did pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I've been actually playing it a lot. Um, I don't know. I, I really enjoy the uh, sort of the methodical and slow pace of it, but then it's very dynamic, right? So, again, with the very destructive environments, uh, learning a lot more about, like, the different characters and, and what they're actually good for instead of just randomly clicking one because I like the way it looks. Um I actually watched, I don't know if you guys caught it, but a weekend or two ago, they had a, the uh, International, the big tournament for Rainbow Six Siege. I actually watched a lot of it, and I'm not sure why. Um, how do they, how I was do they kind present of that? Is it like a first-person view? There's or a cool spectator mode. It, it, There's a sweet spectator mode. It, there is a pretty good spectator mode. Uh, they most So in spectator mode, it, it allows you to see the outlines of all characters through the walls. So like red for bad guy or one team and blue for the other. And you, you can basically see everyone. So you can actually see more than the player in that first person mode. And they kind of uh, flip through different perspectives of where the action's happening. Uh, sometimes they'll go to a top-down view, which kind of gives you an overview of, of the entire map and where, where players are moving. But uh, Yeah, the, the game is very strategic. So it's not as much of a Twitch shooter. Right. or It's more about positioning and... You know, knowing where your enemy are, so where your enemy is, so you can if you can kind of get an idea of what's going on by the overview mode, like yeah, like in, in general, most FPS games are not very fun to watch, in my mm-hmm. opinion, right? Um, on a competitive level, but this game's a little bit different because it, while in FPS, the underlying game is very strategic. It's not yeah, you know, and, and there's and and there's a lot of like you said, a lot of strategy to the different characters. That that's really what Rainbow Six siege is all about so they only have the basic uh three basic modes where you capture a zone the attackers capture a zone and win where you have to defuse a or yeah defuse a bomb which is sort of like capture the zone but there's a single item that you have to place on the ground and then the defenders get a chance to destroy that item to to win back the round or to capture a hostage so you grab a person and physically run them out of the building and they don't plan on adding any more modes from what I'm reading. It's all about the different operators. So I think they're up to 30 plus operators at this point, all with a Whoa. different special, <laughs> unique kind of ability. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really fascinating watching, you know, the really pro players, you know, in having the telecasters tell you about, oh, look, they brought this uh, Montag, the, the, this shield attacker. So how are they going to counter it? They keep not countering it, et cetera, and so forth, and kind of watching that play out. It's really fascinating. And I've actually been trying to, having watched that, I'm like, oh, 
I can use this character to counter this type of a push. Or I know this map doesn't have a lot of vertical uh, grappling, so I don't want to play this character because that's where he's kind of strongest and that kind of stuff. So it, it's really fascinating. It's a lot of fun. It takes, I want to say it takes a while to really get into the groove. Uh, so if, if you play it for an hour, you, you probably won't get it. But uh, if you stick stick with it for five ten hours, I really feel like you'll you'll like I said, kind of catch that groove and really see the beauty of that game. It, it's really great. <laughs> We've talked about this game for like I agree. forty hours consecutively on this show. <laughs> it's one of my most played games now on Steam for sure. Yeah, it's a good one. Rainbow Six Siege. So yeah, the the second season is out. Um, they actually did an interesting thing. So they have the season pass, which is pretty common for games. Uh, they actually now have two season passes. So if you bought the first season pass. Uh, that season is over. It's been out for a year. Uh, and the second season has started. So they'll do four releases like they did last year, adding, I guess, with each one, a new map and two new operators. Um, the first one is out. They added, I think it was Spain or something with a couple of interesting operators and, and a new, like, pool. Like, it's a like a club map. I don't know. It's got, like, a pool and a yeah, it's weird. hookah <laughs> bar or something. <laughs> it's pretty good, though. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so those are those are coming out. So I kind of look forward to those uh, releases, and that game is great. Rainbow Six Siege. Again, maybe Legrand has something to say about it, but maybe not. <laughs> no, I'm good, man. It's All right. Fine. So the other game uh, we've both been playing, played last night, in fact, uh, For Honor. That game's really cool. Yeah. Came out yesterday. That game's really hard. It's very difficult. <laughs> it's it a very really different style game. So. You know, I'm I'm I am a big fan of Mountain Blade, uh, War of the Roses, those types of um, medieval oh, melee games. Agatha. Yeah. What's and, that game? Uh, <laughs> what's that game called? The other one that's like War of the Roses. Uh, Chivalry. Yes, that's the one. Yeah, I didn't really get into Chivalry because I was so into War of the Roses, and they were They're kind of out at the same time. So yeah, whatever, yeah. those types of games, me- melee competitive brawler type things but uh for honor actually has you know what i really find interesting about this game and and that i haven't actually run into in any even even some of the other brawler medieval melee type games is when you first go to like attack an enemy like you see like another player you kind of have this pause where you're sizing your opponent up, you know what I mean? Like, you're just kind of uh-huh. looking at him and kind of shifting your stance and trying to kind of get ready. You don't get that in games, right? Like, if you're in a like a Dota-type game or a shooter, I mean, if you see the bad guys, you just start killing them, like, instantly. You have an instant reaction. But in this game, it's like there's, like, always a slight hesitation. Uh, unless you, like, are coming up behind him. You're like, I'm going to charge him and, like, pick him up and run with it. <laughs> like, just do crazy stuff. So, And even when you engage, it's a very methodical... Yes, for sure. And like you, you may even start the battle, but you don't actually swing your sword for 30 seconds. Right, right. <laughs> you may want to focus on blocking a little bit or, or go for a guard break. So, like these, like the other type of games, it follows the suit of where you kind of move your mouse, or I guess if you use a controller, where you move your stick is where you will attack from. So and where you'll defend. And from. where you'll defend. So one thing they actually did in this game that I like a lot is they've combined the defense and attack into essentially one action. 
So if there, there's three zones, there's up, uh, left, and right. So if your if your opponent is attacking from the up, you just have to be in the up stance. You don't have to actively like hit a block key or right click or anything like that. And as soon as you block that attack, you if you're in the up stance, you can switch your stance to left or right or stay up and immediately attack light or attack heavy, or you can dodge in multiple directions. It's uh, very reliant on combo system, and different uh, characters have different combos, different types of attacks they can do. So it, yeah, There's it's, about, what, 16 different characters right now to play there's, of different types? Yeah, there's three, I guess, races you'd call them. Vikings, Knights, and Samurai? Samurai. And samurai. Each, each race has four classes. So you've got your basic attacker, They've each got a defender. They've each got a uh, sort of the in-between character, which is what you start with. And then they have a hybrid, which is typically for like control and takedowns and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, four for each race. So that's, yeah, uh, not 16, but 12. 12, yeah. (laughs) Um, I'm not sure what their, you know, of course it'll have post-launch DLC. I'm not sure if they'll add classes. I actually haven't read I bet they will. I, I bet they run it like they do uh, Siege a little bit. Um, Rainbow Six Siege. Yeah. I think Ubisoft has realized that they've kind of gotten a moneymaker on their hand with Siege. I'm sure that game's been re- done really well for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I bet they'll do the same with this. Well, they'll they'll add like, you know, A Romans new map and a new add, class know, to each. Yeah, new yeah. classes and stuff like that or new races or whatever however you want to call them and not really races but yeah they're kind of races i don't know if i wonder if they'll add new races or if they'll just expand on the classes but i mean regardless uh ubisoft is actually cowboys (laughs) right like roman soldiers romans or yeah uh, so the people from the lore behind the game africa i don't know yeah the lore behind the game is super bananas it's probably not worth getting too wrapped up around it's like there's like the story's like rapture merged all these facts and like whatever it's, it's like this age-old tale of this these samurai knights and and they and battled Vikings for thousands of years for thousands of years and they're still fighting and now you are fighting with them yeah. <laughs> never, never mind developing like the you know combustion engine or anything we don't have well time there's a single that. there's a single player storyline too that i haven't even touched but so i actually started I, i'm playing. kind of interested to see what the hell's going on in there so, so here's what i recommend go play that uh, spend a little bit of time with it because I've you know I've been just jumping into multiplayer play, probably, right? exactly and those guys have been handing it to me um, I've been doing pretty terrible and so I've been playing the single player now I only played one mission but uh, I just kind of playing that character in that mission is kind of starting to give me a feel for the combo so each race has the you know the four classes that more or less align but they each play differently and they each have different combos. They have and, abilities as well. And, and sort of abilities. So it, it's sort of worth your time to play each one, I would say, even if it's in that single player against AI bots, um, just to kind of get a feel for the play style, how they attack, what their moveset uh, feels like, just because, I mean, it's it's critically important. Like, I would say it's more important than in, say, a uh, Dota-type game, where it is important knowing what those characters' skills do, but just from playing against them you can kind of get a feel for how how that character is going to attack you i don't yeah, get that it's, it's, same it's way more important to know game. your enemy than know yourself in this game yeah i don't get that feeling in this hmm. game like if the guy is just attacking me i feel like he's just whooping me up now if i go play as him i'm like oh that's that thing and 
how do I now how I can think about maybe how I would dodge it or whatever. So you gotta learn the tells from like the different so you can defend properly when they're attacking. Yeah. That seems critical. Yeah. So it it seems pretty cool. You know, it's just out. I've only played it two two days now, a couple hours, I think. Um so we'll probably need to report back on that one. But so far it seems pretty neat. I think I might uh try streaming it on Monday. I think that would be a Are good there show. like a bunch of different maps? Like and are they in different areas or, or what's the deal yeah so the, so a bunch of different maps and it seems like they do different times of day uh for the maps as well which and weather as well and weather so it kind of changes it up a, a little bit just to kind of give it a different feel uh quite a bit of verticality in the map not, not not verticality in the sense that you're like attacking up or down but you know point a maybe up on like the a wall and point B that you have to capture is down in the courtyard or something. Well, let's let's talk about that mode for a minute. So there's like a it's a mode I believe is called Dominion. Dominion. But basically, uh, the map has three control points, sure. and two are kind of your standard control points where you go, you stand in them, you capture them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the middle, there's a creep, for lack of a better term, yeah. uh, from both sides that kind of meet in the middle. And if you uh, decide to go in the middle and fight with your creep, and you you know knock out the enemy creep, then your attackers will kind of advance, which will allow you to capture that, that center zone. point. So yeah. it, it's it's a it's kind of a mix of and a balance between you know get capturing the easy points, or just kind of walk up and stand and hold them, um, and you know fight any anyone who comes to get it from you. The battles are four four on four, but there's also these creep that are kind of hanging out in the middle. And then also, if you don't spend any time there, then it's basically a free you know, a free point for your enemy. And, and right. I, I believe that you, a players have to take out the enemy creep. I, I, they'll never one up each other. So if, <laughs> if nobody goes for that middle point, it will always just say neutral. And it, it actually, you're right. It, it is an interesting sort of dynamic because it adds a little bit different layer. If you get in the middle of those, so the little, you know, soldiers are not, not very powerful. You kill them in one hit, but, they really, really get in your way. <laughs> if you're trying yeah. to fight another player, uh, you know, dodging is really complicated. You're taking hits from the side or behind that you're not trying to actively block or paying attention to, which will disrupt your stances and sort of your combos and stuff. So it, it it's really kind of fascinating um, addition to that game that's uh, that I haven't really seen anywhere else it's, it's an interesting game mode it's it's probably the multiplayer game mode i've been uh kind of fooling around with most because it seems the most i think it's the most unique yeah right? it it's seems the, the most complicated and, and sort of interesting otherwise the other modes are standard like deathmatch modes and skirmish modes and duels yeah, and they have a 1v1 duel which is which is good because you know war of the roses uh one of the funnest things in that game for me was doing the duels but it, it didn't really support it very well so you'd join a map of 30 players and it was just sort of an honor system that... Like a gentleman's agreement. Yeah, right? it was a wouldn't. dual server. It said it in the title. You don't attack anyone until, you know, they both, like, bow or not bow, but, like... Yeah, chivalry had the same thing. Yeah, is it closer to War of the Roses or Chivalry? Um, Neither. It's yeah. not like Chivalry. <laughs> no. I, it, it's... I don't know. It's hard to, it's hard to really compare it to those. It, they have similar systems... I would say in some regards, like the way War of the Roses had the way you moved your mouse would determine the direction you attack. 
but the, but that's kind of it. Like it, I wouldn't say it's it's like a clone of any of those certain games. It really is its own sort of unique flavor. And I think the way they handled that block attack mechanic, and they've kind of mixed it with a MOBA type game with the different characters and the creeps and the uh, capture zones, has really given it it's its own uniqueness. That I, like it, it's hard to say. It it probably borrows from all of them it's not very arcadey though which i always felt like chivalry was quite arcadey in its uh implementation yeah yep that's why i liked it there's also about chopping heads off yeah there's also no ranged combat um like you can't play as an archer or uh there's no throwing weapons at least not yet no there i I had a crossbow that i was using with one of the characters it was it was an ability that i I couldn't just always use but it was an ability that i could use and a special ability so those are things as as you kind of level up you can you can use i have smoke bombs and there's like flash grenades and one of the characters for lack of a better can plant a flag that heals allies around it and stuff like that so yeah i'm actually playing with the controller so for me the analog stick is what's the right analog so you you kind of like hold the left trigger to kind of get into your defensive stance, and that's when it opens up the, you know, your your defense in the different directions as well as the attacking in different directions. And with the controller, you just you use the analog stick. So it, for me, it was like a way easier way to control the game with the with the yeah. I'm actually I'm actually I'm tempted to try it out with both the Xbox and the Steam controller just to kind of see how it plays. Because one thing that's always been a little frustrating for me, and I probably just need to adjust the sensitivity because I'm sure it's in there on these types of games, is, you know, when you move the mouse, it's doing two things. It's adjusting the direction you're going to attack or block from. It's also moving your view. <laughs> so I, I feel... Well, not when you're in defense mode. When you're in defense mode, it doesn't move your camera at all. It only... That's true. Only affects your blocking direction or whatever. Yeah, because it does lock you into a character. That's true in this game. That's true. Yeah. Anyway, For Honor is awesome. I think we should... I'm going to play a bunch more. I, I'm going to check out the single player. Maybe I can talk about a little bit about that another time. But. And, and I, if, as far as I can tell, I mean, they have decent little cutscenes, like in the first mission I played, all sort of in the in the engine, you know, in the game. Um, I, the first mission, like, the story was like, what? <laughs> it's just as bananas <laughs> as the concept. But, I mean... It's probably worth playing through. I, I can't imagine it's very long. It seems like it's just a few missions per faction. So it, it's probably worth just kind of burning through in a few hours just to kind of, again, get the a The opening cutscene of that game is so silly. It's like it's just ap- ap- apocalypse happens. There's like a huge earthquake. And then a samurai, a knight, and a viking all roll up on this walk little patch of water. They walk up. To, exactly. They walk up to like a little spring of water and they're like, okay. And then there's like the narrator's like, well, at first they thought that they'd be able to work together and rebuild this world. But then and they set off a like, thousand nope. years of war. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> and then they all started fighting around this little patch of water. And then, then there's a, a like a big cutscene of a huge battle. And then it's that's basically it's it. completely <laughs> ridiculous. It, it is it's awesome. It is not worth getting like upset about. This is not a sonic carrying away the female character moment just just move on people but uh yeah, no good. it's silly it's it's a silly reason for kind of a cool concept of um you know these different types of uh, ancient warriors uh duking it out so whatever <laughs> yeah uh sweet well the one little thing i wanted to talk about really quick was uh is resident evil 7 um Whoa. i've been playing it on the playstation vr exclusively i have not even tried it in any other mode 
And I'm about, um, I don't know, three hours in, probably how many, two or three how hours. How many times in. have you had to change your underpants while playing it in VR? Um, only twice, so I feel like I'm doing pretty good compared to most <laughs> That's streamers. That's not bad. Uh, most most over-the-top streamers that just kind of scream just to kind of get a reaction out of their uh, fans. I don't know. Um, but uh, it's a game that, I mean, I've, I've been, a, I would say I've been a Resident Evil fan over the years. I, mean, I played sure. the original. Who hasn't? Uh, yeah, I played the original on the PS1. Um, I played Resident Evil 2 and 3, Code Veronica. Resident Evil 4 is amazing. I played through probably most of Resident Evil 5, um, some of 6, and didn't touch... This is now 7. Oh, I, I, I didn't play 6. I did play 7, because that's this game. Um, but anyway, there's been a lot of Resident Evil games. Um, but this one is very, very different uh, from the other games, in, in some ways. But it still retains some of the other... Some aspects of the other Resident Evil games. First of all, and first and foremost, the biggest difference is that it is in completely, completely in first person. Um, and so it's a, uh, it's a completely different feel. And in virtual reality, it's you know, perfect for virtual reality, I guess, because you know it's played in first person, which allows for some great jump scares because of the immersion that virtual reality brings to the table. Uh, but on the other hand, uh, it's very different because the storyline and the premise and the whole the whole background of what's going on has nothing, well, seemingly at this point for me, has nothing to do with any of the other games. Uh, the storyline is that um, you're a, just an ordinary guy and you have, you're married and your wife goes off to work this babysitting job somewhere. And she ends up missing and she's gone for three years. And then what? suddenly out of the blue, <laughs> you get a letter from her that says, hey, you need to come find me. I'm at this house in the backwoods of Louisiana, basically. <laughs> and so you drive off in your car and you end up at this house and and you get in there and you're captured by this family of psychotics and serial killers that live in this house. And you soon find out that things are kind of wacky and there's some supernatural elements going on. But it's definitely not the same like, you know, I'm Jill Valentine and I'm or Chris Red or whoever you know I mean, you're, you're not a member of stars there's no I mean it seems like there's some crazy shit going on but there's no T virus G virus like none of that's been mentioned uh, you've heard like a little bit of um, you know there's weird like I'm not going to say zombies but mutated people that are kind of there and stuff like that but it's definitely doesn't have the same feel of you know outbreak and now I'm going to be saving you know the world or whatever you know it's it's definitely not that it's very much it feels more like a survival horror like an actual horror horror game uh than any other resident evil game that there's been you know in resident evil one kind of defined that genre the survival horror genre right um but um yeah but other than that though it's got kind of like the same type of goofy ass puzzles where like oh you got to find this special key so you can open these doors and here's the thing collect these items and there's herbs and you know all that type of stuff that existed in the other games, but uh, it's all, it's all just kind of seems like they added that stuff just because that's what Resident Evil games have, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of as a mechanism to give you things to do and gameplay and um, stuff like that. But the game is very creepy and very scary, and the audio is really, really well done. It's probably my favorite part of the game. Um, and with the PlayStation VR, one of the things that this little there's like a little box that you plug into your PlayStation that kind of separates the PlayStation and the VR headset. 
And that box kind of handles a lot of the VR, um, the extra horsepower that the VR needs. And it also powers the, uh, the 3D positional audio that they have uh, in PlayStation VR. So when you're playing with a good pair of headset, uh, good headphones, um, the audio is, you know, sounds really good, but then the 3D positioning just makes it, you know, super creepy. And they've done a really good job from the sound design perspective to make the game, you know, sound cool and sound... You know, you hear knocks and footsteps and things like that, and you know it's it's very very unsettling. The atmosphere of the game is um, unlike anything else, and it's a game that uh, I plan on playing completely in virtual reality. I'm just going to force myself to do it, and it's um, yeah, just really scary and fun. So that's that. Cool, neat. Yeah, you guys going to play it? No, someday? probably Maybe. never. Uh, why not nah, i yeah, don't really probably. play like horror games i, I don't i've never I, the only time i've quote played a resident evil title was the first one over at a friend's house on his like what would that come out on playstation one 96 or so 97 like and uh like he would play it and i would like you know hide gaggle and backseat <laughs> drive <laughs> and go, I, uh, I mean, and go get drinks from the kitchen a lot <laughs> i've got kind of a i mean i've got some history with resident evil of course i i never actually managed to play the first one although i i think or not rather finish the first one i played it a lot but i don't think i ever beat it and then two i played a lot of and, and finished that like four or five times because you could do it like leon a claire b b leon b claire a or whatever it was like with all the, yeah. the zapping system and all that uh, I played the heck out of that, and then I never did play three or like Code Veronica, um, but I did eventually play through four, and then uh, that was really good. Um, and like I think I played like a demo of five, and that was that was pretty much it. Oh, and I had the DS one also. What was it? The uh, Revelations. Revelations. Yeah, I only played like uh, maybe an hour of that or something. I played through half of that probably yeah like last year i think i bought it i bought it like on a sale for super cheap and oh the 3ds one right that's the one you're talking about yeah the Revelation. 3ds one yeah. yeah yeah exactly you're like on a boat or something uh yep yep yeah yeah, I yeah think well, this one is jill in that one anyway this one is very very different from those games it's not definitely not a it's not a, an action game like the other resident evil games feel like it's more of a i'm creeping around this house and there's some like stealth stealth parts where you're being chased by um you know the members of this family that just want to kill you uh, and you kind of have to hide and kind of watch where they're going and it's really cool in virtual reality and I, I would imagine this there's a similar effect in you know first person but with virtual reality i mean there's a part where i'm was hiding behind these crates and i could kind of creep and peer you know, between like the slats on in these crates and kind of see, you know, this lady who is chasing me and stuff like that. There's this really creepy grandma character uh, <laughs> who you're sitting down to dinner and there's like a dad and a mom and you're, you're like strapped to this chair. This is like very, very early in the game and you're strapped to this chair and there's a dad and a grandma and a kid and like a, well, by kid, I mean like maybe a teenager, early twenties uh, dude. And they're all fighting and yelling at you and yelling at each other and, and there's a grandma who's like this old grandma is kind of leaned back half dead um, in this chair. And she kind of pops up in random parts of the game. <laughs> and uh, and when you walk around her, she's like just laying there. like And you th- and you kind of assume like she's dead or sleeping. Yeah. But her eyes are open and she'll like 
roll her head to the side like and like follow you and look at you as you're walking around but she's not attacking you she's not saying anything she just exists just being creepy and yeah just being creepy for no other reason and she's just kind <laughs> of uh just kind of there and like I, I remember i got done with this um this big bot this big battle a, a boss fight uh, in the game and I'm, I'm walking out of the area up these stairs and i hear singing and i'm like what the hell is that and there's like someone like singing uh some song, like some nursery rhyme song. And I'm like, what the hell? And I walk up and round the corner and grandma's sitting there in a chair. And she's like, just looking at me. And I'm like, all right, man. It's just like really, really weird. And nope. creepy. And, <laughs> and exactly, dude. And that's when I'm like, all right. And I ran into the save room, which happened to be like right next to her. And then I saved it. And then that's when I turned it off. And that's actually right where I'm at in the game. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of, I, I think the grandma's up to something. I don't know what yet, but I'm going to find out. Um, what what grandma's all up to but yeah it's a it's a really cool game um i would recommend if you're interested I mean, dale you should probably check it out if you like resident evil stuff yeah yeah like horror it's, games gotten in enough, general. it's really it's fun it's definitely gotten enough um positive word of mouth to you know even even though i haven't the last few resident evils i hadn't really had any interest in but uh this one is different <laughs> for sure um i i think i think you would like it. i think anyone if you're into horror i think this is this is a, a good, very good horror game. Yeah, see, sure. I'm, I'm not into horror, but, I mean, yeah, I still might try it out sometime. Yeah, well, I'll know a little bit more. I mean, I don't want to, and I won't spoil anything further on. I probably won't even talk about this game anymore, but I, I'm assuming it'll head to, I, I saw some posts online where it's like, oh, the explanation of how Resident Evil 7 ties into the rest of the franchise. For me right now, where I'm at in the game, you know, three hours in, I can't really tell where this game would fit in any timeline uh, from resident evil it just seems like serial killer family that you happen to be <laughs> with at yeah. this creepy house in louisiana like so it's anyway it's good i'm gonna keep playing it so and that's our show i don't have anything else to say you guys have anything else to say no no i don't think so no no. All right. Well, I, I think you look great in that sweater vest, Dale. So I recommend just uh, keep it up. Well, thank you. Maybe um, put on two yeah. sweater vests at once and just double up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's all right. Um, so <laughs> uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, make sure you check out our website, GameByShow.com. We have a Twitter that I don't think we post very often on, but it's at GameByShow. We um, spam so. the crap out of it when we're live streaming on Mondays, oh, yeah. 10 p.m. Central, twitch.tv slash GameByShow. Yeah, so go there. And also YouTube.com slash Game by That's Show. right. That's where Jared uploads all this stuff. Theoretically. I haven't done streams. it in a while. It's terrible. You haven't uploaded to YouTube in a while? I know. I've just been lazy. <laughs> yeah. Streaming's easy, right? You just hit a button. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's archived on Twitch and whatever, right? Uh, yeah, so you can also find me on Twitter. You can find me at Legrand. And I am at Count Elmdor. I'm at Red underscore I. And Jeremy lost in the deserts of Texas. Are there deserts in Texas? Texas yes. is full of deserts. It's got lots yeah. of desert. Mm-hmm. In the deserts of Texas, uh, Jeremy underscore Lamont. Uh, he's probably tweeting right now. So go and see what he's tweeting because he tweets a lot. He uses the Twitters. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, uh, thanks for listening. Tell a friend that you think our show is awesome, if you, if you do think it's awesome, and uh, get them to listen because that'd be cool. You should tell them it's and, awesome uh, even if you don't think it's awesome. Yeah, lie to them. It's okay. It's all right. Revenge. Because maybe, maybe uh, they'll believe it. Yeah. And we will see y'all next time, uh, next uh, Sunday, where we'll talk about news and video game releases. And uh, we'll hate on some more video games because um, 
Are we going to do that again? Yeah. I think we should do that every week. I, I'm sure I could find something to rant about every week uh, <laughs> if I had to. Um, and that's all. So thanks. See ya. Bye. Peace.